You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. everyone's favorite type of episode we have a guest here so fearful that we're going off air i guess is what that means um welcome back nicole thank you so much for having me back i'm sure everyone is super sick of hearing my voice but here we are well you requested to come back for this particular episode sure did so we were like <laughs> and well, we can't bring nicole back <laughs> we can't say no we can't say no to our fans or our collaborators Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, I cannot wait to hear about everything that everyone has to say about this movie. Well, according to, to Taylor, we're not going to fill an hour. I thought the opposite. I'm like, oh, are we going to be able to to fit everything in? And then Taylor, the minute we came on for our pre-show chat, was like, we can't fill an hour. Come, come up with other we things scramble. to say. We got to scramble. Oh, okay. No, Mike, it's one of those movies where every once in a while, you know, uh, it's like, it is what it is, but maybe, so I thought because it, this is what it is, we'll say what we want to say and then we'll run out of time. But hey, if you and Nicole are ready to do like a literary analysis of this movie, by all means, I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. And Literally. I mean, <laughs> it, it's going to be hard to do that because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm handcuffing everyone here by saying for T-Tan, we can't go into too much spoiler talk. Um, I personally, from viewing this movie, thought, well, if you say too much about it, even like a third of the way through, if you know what happens to me, it starts to like cloud the experience a bit. And I will say, I felt a little clouded from just hearing our conversation from Nicole before and hearing what I've heard about the movie. And a friend of mine texted me and said things about the movie. So I felt going into it, I was already a little clouded. So I just want to try to give people the best, like we'll give our opinions, we'll go into some detail and some talk, but you're probably right, Taylor. Like, I don't think we can really break this film down too, too much because I, w- I, I want people, if they want to see it, to see it with with a as much of a clean slate as you can get. But I'll also explain how I was clouded as we go through it because I think it did happen. But I would say, I would say that... Nicole's synopsis wasn't anything that you couldn't find in a general overview of the film. Or like, if you I watched don't think, the trailer, which I don't think gave yeah, away too, too much. I don't think Nicole gave any spoilers on her TIFF episode. because you No, know, but you, Nicole did prepare me for it. That's true. What did Nicole I say? did prepare me for it. I don't well, even remember. <laughs> <you talked> to, <laughs> well, I think I, I'll, I'll kind of say it now then. I went into it with the air of, okay, I know this is going to be weird. So just like, oh, okay, 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 forget, okay. forget about it. Like, unlike other instances where let's say I came out, let's just say my experience of this movie and my experience of her smell were vastly oh. different. Even oh, though I, I shove them into the same category. They're when I was different. watching this, Mike, I thought, wow, this might be Mike's new her smell. <laughs> but maybe no. not maybe but maybe it's my her smell yeah maybe it is. Maybe <laughs> that's what it's starting to sound like it sounds like you had a lot of things to say about this movie that are not or you don't you actually you're saying you don't have much to say it is what it is and you just want to move on with life <laughs> but i'm 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 dying to know everyone's impressions like guys like i don't walk out of movies but i oh my gosh to walk, what i wanted to walk out of this movie 
And uh, I didn't because I, I have to review it. <laughs> but it was it was uh, it was not for me. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I will say, like, okay, I think that the reason I don't I don't know. I w- will just say I think the reason that like. I often think about this movie in that, like, it was my first Midnight Madness back at TIFF after a couple of years, and the crowd is just, like, a vibe, and everybody's yeah. kind of, like, reacting live and laughing and, like, gasping at the same time and screaming at the same time. So I think that, honestly, if I were to watch this movie not in that context, I might actually have a completely different opinion of it. I think Be- that's fair. It's like when you see a like a horror. It's like when you see a horror movie or a comedy in theaters. Mm. Often that that experience is vastly better than if you were to watch the horror movie on DVD by yourself at home. Like the Nun, I feel like Taylor and I did completely disagree about how like good <laughs> the Nun is because Taylor, you saw it in the theater and I watched it at home and I hated it. Yeah, I think it really does. I like the and, Nun. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike watched that. Mike, Mike watched, watched it at home alone. <laughs> yeah, I by think... myself. Wow. So did I, Mike. Do you want an award? Yes, I do want an award, actually. Okay? I should get an award. I'm starting a war here today. <laughs> About the nun. You're, you're, not... I'm, I'm so subdued today, you can say whatever you want. I'm not oh, okay. Cool. We're not going to get into the nun. That could be a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> but uh, I, I think... That makes sense to me, Nicole. And we talk a lot about, we've talked about this on the show before, about do do we think that movie experiences are different based on the circumstances? And I say, like, overwhelmingly, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely, no question, yeah. right? Um, uh, I saw uh, this. Uh, the, the crowd you're with can completely change your oh, yeah. on something. Oh, yeah. Your experience can completely cloud it. So I, yeah. I can see why... Um, your experience of this movie was probably better because like you were in an environment for that movie, like midnight madness, you know, it's like, it's the late night slot at TIFF, you know, it's going to be like a horror movie or like a cult Mm -hmm. movie, you know, cult classic movie. Yeah. So, uh, the audience is like hyped. I saw it in like a pretty, um, it was like a pretty empty theater. I went by myself. Um, there were people behind me who like would laugh at certain parts. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, whatever. Like I roll every time they would laugh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I like my, yeah, my experience was very different. Mike, did you watch it with someone or did you just watch it by yourself? Oh no, I, I would never inflict this type of thing on oh anyone else. Oh my God. Um, you had to but, screen it first, right? You had to. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I have to be careful. I've I've gotten not only in trouble for this before, but a lot of people have been like, "Yeah, but like, what are we seeing?" When I say, "Hey, want to go see a movie?" Yeah, what? Especially <laughs> same, honestly, same. <laughs> Especially in in Kingston, um, you say, "Oh, do you want to go to the screening room with me?" And people are like, "Well, what's playing?" <laughs> yeah, what's playing? Well, what what are we getting into here? And I think that that's an interesting point, Taylor, because having watched this movie, I. The one thing I will say, and this is being very general, but I still think it's accurate. I don't think the general moving go, movie go to, going audience in Kingston, like I don't think this is for them. No. Like I know the screening room brought it here. It doesn't surprise me that you're you're sitting here to watch the movie and there's like barely anyone there. 
I don't think people in Kingston, this is a movie for them. Like, yeah. I really don't. From from the from seeing what movies do well here, but also getting to know the audiences that you're in when you're watching a movie, I don't think this is for them. This is like a Tyler Vance movie, and Tyler's <laughs> moved away from Kingston, so... <laughs> This is a Tyler Vance movie, like, though, on steroids. Yeah. Like, it's Tyler Vance movie, like, but even even then, I still feel, maybe we can get his opinion on this, because I might be wrong. I still feel like he would have to be in a real Tyler Vancey mood for this. I don't know like, if he I liked Under so. the Skin, and that's like, ugh, I don't know. Did he like Under the Skin? I thought he was, like, fine with it. No, it didn't. Did he like it like that it? That was the movie he recommended, oh. wasn't it? That was, like, his was movie. It? Yeah, yeah, it was, thought, it was oh. absolutely his movie. Was it? Oh, okay. Well, and I will never, that? never forgive him for it. Who recommended the? Oh, yeah, it wouldn't have been you, Taylor. You don't like ScarJo. What? What one did you recommend, Taylor? What, what Neon was yours, Demon. All oh, right. Okay, that makes more sense. And I did the monkey one, right? Yeah. I like that one. I think about that, was, that one a lot, actually. That was a Google search and a roll of the die. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's talk about this. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's dive in. Let's dive in. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Nicole, why don't you just remind us first what sure. your kind of overall impressions were. And then, Taylor, you jump in and then and then I'll go. Okay. Well, I feel like I walked in absolutely. I just want like I just want to give you some context for like how this happened that I saw this movie real quick. I was in Burlington at 10:30 p.m. on a Friday night and I texted my friend Michael. I said, "Let me know how Titan is." And he said, "Funny, my partner is not feeling well. Do you want to come to Titan?" And it was like I was in Burlington and he was in Toronto. And it was 10.30 p.m. It starts at 11.59. And I was waffling on it till about 11 p.m. And then I was like, yep, I'm just going to take an Uber <laughs> to the visa screening room and it's going to happen. So I like already that like excitement and adrenaline was behind it. So I truly enjoyed the experience of the movie. Do I think like somebody should have edited it a little bit more? Absolutely. <laughs> Do I think that like the premise is absolutely, I don't know, like bonkers. Yeah. I mean like that's, it's like, it felt like two movies. Dumb. Yeah. Like it was like, Like, really? But yes. I I mean, I like Nicole, not to like overstep your feelings about this movie and we can get into it when I do my feelings, but didn't it feel like, it was like trying to be too many things. Like in my personal humble opinion, I do not think it needed the car plot. A hundred percent. Like what I would have loved to have seen was whatever was going to happen. Um, after I don't want to spoil it, but like after the scene where everybody cringed the like third one, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I was cringing a couple times. I was going to say. I was cringing the whole movie. Okay. Well, specifically what point you mean? (laughs) After, okay, her transformation, anything before that, I would have loved to have seen a movie about this person who dances on cars like this. Oh, okay. Everything after that, I was more interested in actually the Vincent character. I actually yeah. really liked the dad, him. right? I thought he yeah. was very interesting. Yeah. He was great. I he great. was kind of an interesting. That's what I mean. Yeah. If it was, again, I don't want to give anything away. This is, Mike has really handcuffed us. But yeah. um, 
that that part of the movie that like mm-hmm. um you know uh post transformation uh, yeah like the yeah. um you know the plot with vincent yeah like the yes all of that that would have been you know a crime happens someone goes on the run they hook up with this stranger that would have been a fine movie all on its own i don't mm-hmm. understand that car subplot and yeah. i'm like i'm watching the movie and i'm thinking okay like am i just dumb like is this supposed to be like a metaphor for something but then i'm like it's a horror movie and like horror isn't always a metaphor like sometimes we just mm-hmm. live in a universe where these things happen in a horror movie so i'm like i don't understand <laughs> what's going on <laughs> i totally agree with you though about that like the first part it could like have been movie. its own movie yeah. and, and then second the whole rest of the movie was it it's like oh okay so it's basically like you put the you tacked on this beginning so from what i've heard everybody signed on to the movie without a script and like that's like a red flag i feel um, <laughs> i would like, yeah i would not have signed on to a, a movie so what they just like knew the premise of the movie and said yeah we'll do it yeah, because I don't know if you all know Ju- Julia Ducarno. She is like pretty well known in France and just well known in in horror because she did that movie Raw. I don't know if yeah. either of you have seen Raw. I have not seen it, but I haven't. But it's uh, on my list. But now, yes, now right. Nicole, I don't know if I want to watch it after watching this one. But I also feel like the more money and the more like the more power you give somebody, the more messed up they're gonna go. So I would. I would actually be okay with watching Raw. Because you think it'd be more restraint? Yeah. I mean, like, you're, she's, I would think that she's maybe working within, like, some reasonable parameters. And I actually read the plot because I haven't seen it, obviously. And there was a, one of my favorite podcasts was talking about it this week. And I listened to the plot and I was like, oh, okay. Like, this seems completely fine. Isn't it kind of your run of the mill, almost like a zombie movie? She's, like, in medical school. It's kind of like a coming of age movie, actually. Okay. Yeah, with some horror elements to it. Right. It's like, I think that she just starts craving flesh, and it's she's like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> While um, at medical school, right? I think she's in vet school, yeah. Okay. okay. Or something like that. Right. But anyway, I would definitely watch Raw. Um, but, like, do I need to watch this movie again? No. At the end of it, was I like, I'm glad I saw this? Yes um do i think that anybody needs to see it more than one time and like the thing is you have to make that first time (laughs) very specific like you have to make sure you're watching it with the right people like we were talking about because i think that if you're in it with like somebody who's a grumpy grouch who doesn't like movies that are kind of strange it can completely like derail your experience of the movie speaking of grumpy grouches um yeah, I I kind of. <laughs> I, Are you I, talking I, about me or yourself, Mike? Both of us, <laughs> both of us, really. I mean, that's. I just before we move on to Taylor, I think like that point Nicole you made about um, uh, about like rewatchability, yeah, is kind of what hit home for me too at the end. Like, regardless of my very mixed feelings about it, at the end I was like, I don't think there's a reason to ever watch this again. No, like I think that that like it doesn't really have that, and to me that is what makes something stand the test of time is the rewatchability and the ability to, to rewatch it and, and bring it to other people. And like, that's even a 
quote unquote cult classic, I think mm-hmm. needs to have rewatchability to make it go places. Um, okay, Taylor, what were your what were your thoughts? You did not like this movie. No, like I knew enough about the movie. Like Nicole had had described it to me, kind of as like Cronenberg's Crash meets, um, like Antichrist meets <laughs> like something else. And so I'm like, well, I like I like Cronenberg's Crash, but I also hate Antichrist. So that should have been my first. Because then I remember, Taylor, I was like, I texted you. I was like, I saw this movie and I think you're really going to like it or you're really going to hate it because I couldn't tell, honestly. Anyway, continue. So I really did not like it. I just found it like, and again, like I, it takes a lot to like ruffle my feathers. Like Nicole knows this about me. Like I'm not scandalized easily. Like. I'm not like a prude, but like I found this movie like obscene and like, <laughs> like, if and like obscene for no reason, like there was no like artistic message behind it. So, like, it wasn't like the like, it's not like a video nasty from like the 80s where like they were being subversive and like, like to me, like this wasn't subversive, like it was just obscene and like I felt gross watching it like it left me like with an unpleasant taste in my mouth um and like yeah that's saying something from someone who like will literally watch anything <laughs> like like i'll yeah, watch I don't think like, we've ever heard you say this type yeah of thing like movie. like never i don't even like, think i've was... heard you say this about sallow and i think you've watched sallow you i have seen that. sallow <laughs> like this <laughs> to me like this to me was just like it was gross with like no reason behind it and I felt disgusting watching it and because of the car stuff again like the second half of the movie isn't it's a completely different movie you know like and that was interesting like you said like the Vincent character and like um but like I found the the car stuff like obscene and like weird and like you know I've watched early Cronenberg like I'm not like body horror doesn't leave me squeamish like it just like I didn't understand what she was trying to do the director because I think she also wrote it right she yeah wrote she wrote and directed it, it. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah like this just like was gross it was gross that's the only way I can describe it and like I yeah I heard her talking about to give some context to like why it was made because I like to watch interviews. Like I wonder why, like why and like how did this come into this person's brain? She was like, I was in post-production with Raw and I was really sick of Raw and this came out of that. And she's like, it's a love story. And I'm like, okay, well, hmm, um, fair. Like, I'm not here to poo-poo on somebody's artistic expression of love, especially if they even, like, are uncomfortable with it. But also, like, where, where, what? I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of like a lazy metaphor of, like, the birthing of art, you know? Like, oh, I'm pregnant with an idea, but it, like, tears me apart, but I have to birth it. Like, okay, (laughs) like, whatever. Like, if that's... Unless, like, the love story is between Vincent and Yes, that's Adrian. the love story. But, like, I don't know. Like, I 
Didn't you like their relationship though? I mean, didn't I just really like, like, I just want a movie about Vincent because I feel like this isn't going to spoil anything, but anytime that Adrian did anything that you would think that Vincent would be like, mm, Vincent never did that and completely surprised me, which is what I liked about it. But again, yeah, like, he was like a very interesting character exploration of like grief and like, um, yeah, like grieving and like he was so interesting. That's why, like, I think and that has happened where like people impersonate. Again, I don't, mm. I don't want to give anything away, but like that's happened in real life, right? Where someone is impersonating another person and the parent wants to believe so badly it's the yeah. correct person. That's fascinating, right? And mm. that's like what's fascinating about Vincent is that he's experienced this really deep trauma and is like wallowing in his grief. That was, gr that was fascinating. Yeah. That part of the movie was great. You know what I mean? Yes. I agree um, with you. I but I don't think I have to watch car sex. I don't think I should have to watch car sex to get to that part of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Mike, what are your thoughts? Well, I see I see kind of what you're saying. I think, Taylor, you're kind of hitting on the point as to why I'm kind of here and there on this movie. Because I did, I like really enjoyed the second half of it. Like mm -hmm. I, I, once you get past to me a certain point in the movie, the rest of it, I really like was interesting to me. And I was kind of into it. And it, and it didn't like, it, it's not like I forgot about the other stuff, but I guess I was just more focused that by the end of the movie, I was more thinking the things that made me think mm -hmm. were that area. And I just felt that the car stuff and some of the other things that kind of happened more so near the beginning of the movie weren't even like worth my time to think about as bad as that sounds. Like it's just, it wasn't even because it didn't to me, there were so many things that were nonsensical. There were so many things where I'm like, I don't quite get what you're saying. Well, if you as a director or a filmmaker aren't going to put in any effort to communicate something to me, I'm not going to put in much effort to, to try to receive the communication. I'm going to focus on the areas where I felt there was nuance and there was something trying to be said. And there was this interesting thing about relationships and especially in the one character. Like I felt like I, I sort of was drawn to that aspect of the story enough that I kept focusing there. Now, with that being said, I, d I don't think I fully understood the ending. I don't think I fully understood this movie at all. I think there was a lot of it where I'm like, I don't 100% get what's going on and, and whatever. And I definitely feel there's a lot of people who are saying a lot of really positive things about the movie. And I'm just kind of like, eh, like it was just, it, it has almost, whatever. It has over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a case of Taylor taking crazy pills. I yeah. don't understand how this movie is a critical darling. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like that's, that's really where I think where I don't like the film. It's more like uh, to balance that out. Like any, any, like, I'm just like, it's not that good. Like it's not even, I, I was very nervous. Yeah. Like that's, and I agree Nicole, you said something with the editing. Like that's the thing that kind of bothered me the most is like, I thought this wasn't like very like well cut together. Um, but and it I drops just, major plot points once we get to the second half of the movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, yes. what the heck? 
don't introduce things only to completely ignore them in the second half of the movie. Yeah, and and it's it's all over the place. Yeah. And again, I don't know. I don't know if it was if it was Nicole or my friend telling me something about it, but I just the movie didn't really bother me. It just it just sort of happened. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like this is this is interesting. I mean, it's weird. It's kind of what I expected to be out there. And the second half, especially this like the Vincent stuff, like that's where I was kind of like, okay, this is like interesting. Like there's something kind of here. There's something trying to be said. I don't really know why we had to do anything else to get I, to where we are. <laughs> honestly, I think it's because like a whole slew of reasons. I think it's firstly because nobody is going to see if you're just talking about like you're only going you're not going to get an audience turnout the way that you did with this movie with just the second half of it like you need that shock value at the top for like you know just to be like ooh what's to and drop somebody because somebody faint like a couple people walked out of the midnight madness screening and somebody actually fainted apparently we didn't see that but like. Oh. Afterwards, we found out that like because there's always there was some commotion in the theater, and then we had found out that somebody had totally passed out. But like, we don't know if it was because of the movie or because oh, what health, like unrelated yeah. health issue. But then it became like, oh, this movie is so shocking that people passed out. So I don't think that honestly, I don't think that with, and I also feel like this direct this director and writer, she. I don't want to. I don't want to like delegitimize her work, but also like, it's almost like she just needs to do something completely out of the box and just shocking in order to like make something worth it. Because even raw, there are some like really gory, shocking parts, from what I've heard, and that's all anybody talks about. Is like this director is so brave for going there and like showing this showing this body horror and I don't think that she would have the same kind of um like press or or like chat chatting about her work if she didn't have like car sex and like all this other stuff that didn't really need to be there but it it's just there I'm gonna say something that may be controversial but I consider it brave uh, <laughs> this like the you know how when critics say like oh it's so brave of her to like show this I think it's much easier to do gross out horror yeah like I don't think that's brave at all <laughs> like, well look at who's writing those reviews Taylor <laughs> I guess but like I think it's easier to gross people out and be like disgusting than it is to be like quietly unsettling you know what i mean like i don't think it yeah. was, it's not that hard to dream up her concept she literally <laughs> it's, it's, dreamt it up she had a nightmare more, about it you can tell more... like it does feel like dreamlike sorry go well, ahead yeah because night no because nightmares are all over the place so yeah. yeah that actually makes a lot of sense right because a nightmare is a collection of your unconscious thoughts and and experiences and feelings and it's like put into your brain at this time while you're resting so it's like yeah it would be a jump it's a jumbled mess that's what, what that's what dreams are but yeah i i think like i think this movie is just not really worth 
the conversation on either side of it. I think that's why I came out so melancholy about it because I just felt like there's nothing like there's nothing worth getting really interested in or, or, or mad about because it was clearly one person's singular vision that wasn't very good. <laughs> like, like, like that, that's just my, like, it's just, I went to, so, okay, again, we all know my background of the theater. So I would go, <laughs> I would go see like, I would go see like a student's written like piece of theater, like play or whatever. And like every time like people would ask me feedback on or whatever, because like I'm running a youth company and I would always kind of say the same thing. I'm like, well, it's like, they're experimenting. They're putting out stuff. I mean, that's what they're doing. Like I, whether it's good or bad or what have you is kind of like irrelevant because it doesn't matter. The person's experimenting. They're doing whatever. It's a vision they have. It might be good. It might not be good. This is one play they're going to do. In theory, they're going to do more and grow and whatever because they're young. And regardless of who this director is, that's kind of how I felt through, through this. I'm like, well, early work, maybe, maybe not. I didn't know anything about the director. But I just felt being like, oh, okay, cool. someone's vision, it wasn't very good, it didn't work really for me. It was kind of like, whatever, let's move on with life. I mean, it's kind of like, eh, it's fine. It was, it was, at times it was okay, at times it was weird. I definitely thought the beginning was just like kind of off-putting and strange. And I, again, I just don't get it. I don't get what was trying to be communicated. I didn't really understand what was happening. I don't think I'm stupid. So I think I'm trying to to understand and go. So to me, that's just, okay, you, you had something to communicate maybe and you didn't communicate it effectively. Number one job of a director to me, effective communication. How am I going to communicate this thought, feeling, emotion, moment, character to someone else? That's to me what makes this art is, is the, the one, one-to-one relationship, communication from one to another, interpretation of that. Like that's... That to me, that just failed. So, okay, cool. Why it's ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to me. But like, I don't think we should be talking about this in positive or negative. It just kind of happened. I, I will. Disagree. I will say that they're um, the forerunner for our screening in our screening room Oscars for most Taylor scene. Maybe in this movie. Can you guys guess <laughs> which oh, scene it is? Scene. Can I uh, tell you, wait, mm. what my favorite scene is? And maybe it's the same one. <laughs> yeah. The the part where oh, it's going to be kind of when, when she's in the house and there's that like poppy French music playing and she's going through the house. Yes. Is that yeah. what you were going to say? That's not my, that isn't the most Taylor scene, oh, but that okay. could be a contender. That is like near the beginning of the movie, right? Like before things take a switch, that's what you're describing, right? Yes. Yeah. But let me yeah. think of what, what's the most Taylor scene? Yeah, what I, I, that's the opposite of what I thought you'd say. Like I trying to think of anything that's like very Taylor, like in this movie. Should I, should I tell you what it is? Because dead air on a radio show isn't great. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's building up tension. Yes. Okay. So this isn't a spoiler. It's uh, in the firehouse and all mm. of the guys are dancing. And the light is like purpley pink. And like it like zooms in on Vincent just like really grooving. That is like such a Taylor scene. Like a little bit surreal, a little bit like out of place. 
great that soundtrack. That would have been the last one I would have guessed. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was it's the first. Thinking. It's like the first, uh, the first kind of like dance scene with all the guys because there's like a second dance scene in the firehouse with all the French flags. That's less of a Taylor scene, but oh, I would gee. say like that has is contender for most Taylor scene of the year. Wow. Okay. Do you mean the one where Adrian is dancing on top of the fire truck? Not that one. Not no. that one. Okay, this not is that one. one. Yeah, Vincent's he's he's dancing and really grooving. Oh, and like oh, all yeah. the guys okay. are with him. Yeah, okay, okay, with yeah, the guys. Okay. Yeah. It's like and this that scene is broken up by one of the uh, one of his like colleagues saying like, "Oh, I want to talk about your son." And Vincent's like, "Don't ever talk about my son." And then like mm. they go back to dancing. But I would right. say, like, the first part of that scene, that was great. I'm like, why couldn't this whole movie, like, had that, like, very, like, 1980s <laughs> neon vibe, which I really go yeah. for. <laughs> yep. But um, you guys did a better job, like, as you guys, as in, like, Mike and the fans, did a better job of, like, summarizing Taylor scenes than I'm able to summarize for myself. We had a, we had so, a, like, we had a description, yeah. So yeah, maybe no one though. else if anyone, I, I doubt any of our listeners are going to run out and see Titan now. But if you guys no, do see so. it, um, look out for that film, that that scene. Because I think it's... Like, I think it's a small percentage. Like, I think there's a few people who listen to our podcast who would see this. Um, but I don't think everyone else would. But I think, isn't to me, that's just the, that's the nature of all of this. Like, I think it's a pretty small percentage of people who would want to see this movie. Yeah, not even just our listenership. I think just like yeah. across the board. Just like I don't generally. This is not for not that like our listeners are all like mainstream. Like I don't think all of our listeners have mainstream tastes, but like as a blanket statement, this is not a movie for mainstream audiences. No, and not at all. I don't even think this is a movie for the, the next tier. Like if you have mainstream audiences and then you have people who like go to the screening room and just see random things sometimes, I don't even think it's that tier. Either. No. Like I think it's gotta be, you gotta be Tyler Vance. Yeah, you have to either be like a huge horror fan who's just like willing to watch any type of horror or like you really do love experimental filmmaking. And like love a weird story, but like yes. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's the only reason. I mean, like that's why I saw it. Would I see it again? No, probably not. Probably I not. saw this because we had to. <laughs> there I would has never to be have like saw this. I would never have sought this out. <laughs> yeah. When I read the description on the screening room website, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Like I'd like to see it. Because, again, it sounded like early Cronenberg, which I enjoy. Um, I don't know. There was just something about it that I'm like, really rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind to see it. Like, I saw it it on a Thursday at 5.50 in the afternoon. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. Like, Nicole, like you were saying, like, you went to Midnight Madness. You went with yeah. a friend. Like, the energy in the theater was really great. To me, like, it felt so unnecessary. Like, yeah, I don't. Ugh. I think I would absolutely have a different opinion on it if the circumstances and the context were like, which sounds like such a like, now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm hearing how you all kind of perceived the movie and 
watched it and your opinion of it now. It's like the fact that this movie rested so hard for me on the experience around the movie probably tells me that it wasn't even that great. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now I'm almost thinking, I'm like, maybe I should give it a rewatch. But I will say, like, I feel like she definitely um, stole some of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's ideas. I don't know if anybody's seen Killing Eve, but, like, the first half, some of it gave me, like, wild Killing Eve vibes. I was like, this is just a ripoff of that. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it it definitely did seem pretty convoluted. I think I was just so prepared for something super weird and out there that I had kind of, like, prepped myself and also kind of had that cloud of, like, whatever, just let this roll So you were desensitized. (laughs) Yeah, like, I think I was already, like, okay, like, whatever. And again, like, we've talked about this before and and brought up, like, our own, like, movie-watching mentalities and stuff. And it's just, like, I... There's nothing anyone can do in a movie that I'm going to like think about too hard unless I want to, because I know it's not real. Like it's art. It's an imitation of things that are happening. It might be based on real life that can evoke some emotion, but for the most part, I'm pretty good at like separating completely. So I was just like, whatever the car stuff, I knew this was coming, whatever. (laughs) It was just whatever. And then laying down down. and like, give it to me now. Like it's (laughs) fine. Yeah. It's just like, whatever. (laughs) Like this is a thing. And then the rest of the movie, there were just moments where I was like, Oh, I could see like some potential and thought here and why maybe someone like this or like this moment or whatever. I, I am surprised that more people aren't reviewing it the way we are. Every review I've seen or everything I said, because I did after the fact, I saw it, I looked for things. I'm like, what is, what is the public impression? And everyone is speaking so highly of it that that does make me go like, okay, what 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 is it that all they all took to what are they this movie? What, what are critics saying? I've only seen that. I haven't read actual reviews. I've only seen that it's getting good critical consensus. Yeah. But like, so what are a they... lot of the critics are loving it, like loving everything about it, like just the imagery. Like I've heard a lot of things like it's like it's so imaginative. It has striking imagery. It's so well thought out, which I completely disagree with. But I heard I saw that three different times. I can it's read you well some headlines. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, we have one from The Atlantic, a movie that makes you sympathize with a monster. No. Okay. I never thought for her. I didn't either. I would agree with that. I thought she was a horrible person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, go on. (laughs) Okay, The New Yorker. Titan reviewed The Body Horror of Family Life. Um, And then the subtitle is, In Julia DeCarno's Bold Vision, a serial killer who's impregnated by a Cadillac is at the center of a fireman's crisis of paternity. (laughs) They just summed up the whole movie in that. They really did. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> um, okay, this, this is IndieWire. Titan Review. Julia Ducarno follows Raw with the wildest Palm d'Or winner ever. And the subtitle is almost certainly the sweetest movie ever made about a serial killer who has sex with a car. See, these I are the think things it was that sweet. I don't. Yeah, like these are because like, I've heard I've heard things like that where it was sweet. I heard someone say it was it was the. The, the most out there and raunchy, um, what did they say? It was like the most raunchy, wholesome movie you'll ever see. And I didn't get that. Like, where is the sweetness? Where is the wholesomeness? Where just is that? Vincent, like, I, don't I, guess. I, like, I think just I guess Vincent. Vincent. Like, is that the idea? Absolutely. But when When you surround, 
I, okay, I guess when you surround wholesome with a bunch of like crap, you look at <laughs> you look at that and go, oh wow, that's even like even more, like even more so. Do I do I go to that? Like you would really notice the beauty of a flower if it was blooming in in a garbage dump. Yeah. Right. Like I think that that <laughs> yeah. maybe is that what's happening here, where you're attaching to something, being like, wow, like vincent so wholesome and nice and great like what a great story around him because everything else is so terrible it even makes him seem more so than also, but like nicole sorry to yeah cut you guys off real quick but like nicole that's to your that kind of to your point about how she's really relying on the shock value like yeah i like agree would we think idea. that he was so wonderful like yeah yeah, I was just have to say. frame that story to have to frame the story with the car stuff. It's like, is it lazy? I guess is. Also, I, I feel like is. I feel like too to like I guess to snowball off of that. He, I mean, to be nice to somebody, even if like this is how grief works, you know, is what they're kind of trying to put forth in in the movie. We've already mentioned it before, like you know it's kind of Vincent's plotline is kind of an exploration of grief. I feel like he really truly does the bare minimum. <laughs> He's like a nice person and feeding this person and like trying to connect with them. Like that's to me is the bare minimum. So like, yeah, I don't it, think you should reward someone for doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Being, and like being a quote unquote nice normal person. parent. Right. Like it's like not even like the fact is, it's like not even like a him being nice to a stranger dynamic. It's like him being a decent dad. So yep. like. Which I he, do think like is okay to expect as the bare minimum out of someone. Like the expectation for a bare minimum of a parent is is what we're describing here, right? Like to, to, to feed, to clothe, to try to take care of. That's not going above and beyond. That but is then for the, the critics to be like, it was so oh, wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what they probably your, ha- but like, what's your you home know, life like? like? That, yeah, like that's yeah. the thing. Like maybe maybe they just simply <laughs> have not experienced enough good. Because if you didn't, like if you if, if you go into this movie and you haven't experienced a lot of great things and everything's going on and everything's happening, you would even you gravitate towards Vincent even more. Because you would see that, like, you just want that comfort and want that niceness and wholesomeness out of someone. And in again, in in a in a pile of garbage, the one really nice thing that comes out of it, you're kind of like, oh, I don't really care that it's a, a dandelion and it's a weed. I don't care about that because it's still a flower to me because this is all I have. Mm. I wonder if part of this... Uh review phenomenon (laughs) is because it's kind of in the context of a festival season so like when you're comparing it to like the critics and the people who have seen the screeners are seeing it within the context of a uh within the context of a um a whole bunch of other garbage yeah yeah, like, (laughs) like this movie probably does stick out when you're comparing it to like belfast for example Cause like yes. Belfast is like from what I've seen from the trailers, like looks like a beautiful movie. Like, and I I actually want to see Belfast. It's on like the top of my list to see. But like, it's more of a straightforward narrative. You know what I mean? It's star-studded cast. I don't think we're gonna be getting too experimental with Belfast. So I wonder if this part of this critic phenomena is that you know when you're comparing it to more traditional films of course it's going to stick out but like 
in my opinion, just because it's sticking out doesn't mean it's necessarily good or better than the <laughs> Belfasts of the world. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I, it's something that I come across at TIFF every year is that, and I always think about it, is that through the year, so like, let's say you have 10 days of festival film watching and you pick things that are not necessarily like your standard North American. And I mean, with streaming services, it's definitely changed because you can seek out international films that don't necessarily follow that strict like North American way we tell stories here. And to deviate from that kind of idea of, you know, it, this is not the way we tell stories, really, I would say, in North America. Like, I would not would never expect an American or a Canadian to make a movie like this. Unless so I think it was David that, Lynch. Or David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. But they're, like, the anomalies, right? Like, they're not the norm. Yeah. So I think that that might be part of it, too. Because, like, when you are so used to watching things, like, a net, like I would argue that a Netflix movie is very basic in structure, you know, like the things that they kind of take that become really popular end up a lot of the time. I mean, it's changing for sure, but a lot of the time it ends up being like you're kind of like three act structure and they're yeah, because that's like the common denominator, formula. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that to your point, Taylor, like not only have people been watching, you know, when you're watching things that are not North American, and then you're watching. And then you see something that is so completely wild that sticks out in your brain, then like, oh yeah, maybe you're inclined to praise it a little bit more than you would if you were watching movies in January, which is dead. You but know? I, I guess my point is, and again, this might be controversial, just because it's different or wild or, you know, Difference in wild doesn't necessarily equal bold, innovative, and good. I, mean, no, I would argue I would my... argue to be difference easier because you have something to go against. Yes. Like if you know you want to go against the grain, you can define the grain and then go against it. So to being to be different is actually easy. Because you just go, Oh, okay, I'm just gonna do something that's not this. And again, I know I... what this thing is. I've defined the box so I can now like that's that's why thinking outside the box, you have to define the box first. And then you can think outside of it, because then you know what outside of it means. I guess this is the argument of like pretentious film, right? Like a lot of like mainstream audiences would say that like auteurs are just being pretentious and they're a little bit right, you know, like just because it's quote unquote, like a prestige film or a, you know, an alternative film that doesn't necessarily mean it's any better than a mainstream movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's something to be said about just watching a movie that you can see in theaters at a normal time and enjoying that experience. You know what I mean? Well, there's like, something to be said to understanding whatever the structure is. Like, let's go with the three-act structure, a Netflix film, and doing something incredible while still trying to work within that. To me, that's innovative. That's yeah. different. You're going to try – you're going to give yourself limitations and then try to work within those limitations. Like, that's, to me, where some of the best stuff comes from is you're you're you have less less money less time less this less that and you got to in a real very to me a strong filmmaker does the most they can within the limitations they have so there's an argument to being said that the more limitations you have the more you try to fit into things the actual better you could become and the the more interesting you could be yeah i also believe that you know we need to kind of 
and this just this goes for like every auteur or everybody who's making movies i think there just needs to i think people who make movies i mean this is like a sweeping generalization but if you're if you're a writer and a director who's directing something that's like very close and personal to you you really need to be open to having other people come in and like people that you trust come in to to help you make as mike would say like make what you're trying to say as clear as possible. So mm-hmm. I think that's also something that I don't, I don't know that internet, like I think that North American film, I don't know what you all think, but I think that there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to something that's produced by Netflix mm-hmm. and, or something that's produced by a major studio or like with major people involved. Whereas maybe in, you know, when you're looking at something like in France, you know, a lot of auteurs like Paul Verhoeven, he was like, well, I couldn't make the movies that I wanted to. He, he made a movie with Isabelle Huppert like a few years ago called Elle that I was really into. And he couldn't make it in America because there were too many people saying that he couldn't do the things that he wanted to do. And like, mm. maybe that's not always a bad thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it, like you're saying, it's having that the too many cooks in the kitchen is like going the, the wrong way with it. But sometimes a studio can turn out something good when they're trusting each other they're listening to each other. Like, I think just having, having the right people in the room with you is kind of what you're saying in terms of if you've got people to bounce ideas off of, to help make it clear and concise, to help take maybe a muddled dream and turn it into a concise, interesting story. Like I definitely could see that. Um, t- looks like we've lost. I was Taylor. just going to say um, Taylor, Taylor we, we hated this movie Taylor. so much that she just didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, anymore. And it's funny because Taylor <laughs> warned you and me before, right? Like Taylor was like, I don't know how long it's going to last. And like lasted 50 minutes. Like we're, you know, only t- 10 minutes to go. Just couldn't hang on. And, oh and Taylor. Uh, oh, lost. here we are. Did we, did we gain Taylor back? I think we did. Taylor, are you there? Earth to Taylor. Oh, Taylor's coming back. Taylor is yes. coming. well. There you go. So th- this has never happened on air where we've lost someone and they've come back. <laughs> I can kind of hear you. You're like a little crinkly, but sorry about okay, that. Okay, but you are. Hopefully, you're back. No, the we, audio we're... isn't lost. <laughs> no, no, I don't think. Uh, well, I don't know. I oh, don't no. think so. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure, actually. But I, I know that our audience will. If if we did save this, I'm our audience now. will get. Well, I don't know because I don't see your sound lines aren't popping up uh, anymore. But I mean, the whole record, we, we do have what I think what came before. We'll see. We'll see. We only have 10 minutes left. So we'll see what happens when we when this stops and if we have an episode or not. Yay. We'll, we'll keep all this in. Though, oh, no, we lost her again. Okay, well, we're <laughs> anyway. Taylor may, jo- may rejoin us, may not. Oh uh, wonders of, of the internet and technology and people. But anyway, yeah. um, what? So what I wanted to do was just give our our screening at Kingston ratings to to this film uh, oh. before we kind of wrap up the conversation. So, but whether it be a, a a see it, a stream it, an airplane it, or a skip it, where where does it fall for you, Nicole? Um, I would say. I would say stream it, but under circumstances, like go and get your friend who has seen Sallow, who's seen a Serbian film, who has seen like all the VHS movies and put them in a room with you and watch it with them. Like you have to be very choosy about who you're going to watch this movie with. But I would say like going forward, it's a stream it. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, to me, I'm going to kind of give the sort of the the same answer. I'm going to, I'm going to say skip it officially, but 
I under, some people will enjoy aspects of this movie, and I do think the people you watch it with are going to matter. I'm just going to give it a skip it because I think if if you don't watch this movie, I don't think you're missing anything. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to to see it, I think you got to know going into it. These are the some of the, the themes and things that are going into the movie. It might not be something that works for you, yeah. so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give it a a skip it. Um, Taylor, I think we have you back. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Taylor. we might have Taylor. Well, back. so Taylor's she, back in the room. I don't know. What's... <laughs> she texted. I texted her to if she would stream it, skip it, or airplane it. I don't want. I'm going to talk there really you fast are. in case I. Oh, there you are. Lose the connection yep. again. I'm definitely a skip it. If you guys couldn't tell from my. <laughs> yeah, I think we got that you were a skip it, and I hope that the audience uh, hears all this, and we're getting all this and recording. We don't know though. <laughs> That's fun. fun. We don't know. <laughs> well, can you hear me, guys? Oh, we can hear you. Yes, absolutely. We can, hear we can definitely. This is going to be a pain in the butt to edit for Mike. <laughs> oh, oh no. now you're gone again. You're I... you're you're leaving again. Oh, um. Anyway. Oh <laughs> we'll man. Just, we'll just we'll just we'll wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Let's try and get out of here with with what we've got with and Taylor. Here, not here, whatever. Um, we'll just wrap up with you and me, Nicole. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think overall, this was this was one of the stranger movie reviews, and I think that to me, that is kind of the aspect of coming out of this movie. Is I just felt sort of this is weird, this is odd. I was kind of expecting it, but like I don't really know where they were trying to go. So that's what the point I was trying to make of impact because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to think about this movie again. Like I just don't think. There's yeah. much there for me. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, um, and it, it's, uh, yeah, I would. I completely. I don't necessarily like agree with everything that you're saying, obviously, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I see all of that as valid. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, even even when people bring up good things about the movie, like a few things come up, and like, well, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> like I, I did see the movie. Like I could see kind of where they're coming from. I just don't know a hundred percent why the movie's resonating so positively with a lot of people and like where some of these things are coming from. But but in watching it, if you get what I'm saying, I'm like, oh yeah, like he was a nice character and like there was some wholesomeness to take. Yeah. Him but it to me it just seems to be being blown up a bit. Um that's kind of where I, I sort of sit with the movie. I also wonder like how much of it too is pandemic fatigue. It's just like it's been a while since I've seen something that's shocking and utterly That's a good point. And and I like, never thought of that. And I didn't until like this moment. I was cuz I was thinking about how and and our conversation is actually calling into question again like I said like whether or not I actually really did enjoy this movie or if it was the circumstances around it that made me feel this way about this movie. Um but yeah, maybe we're just all like, exhausted and we just needed something to shock us and to to know that we can feel feelings again yeah and you bring up a good point because a lot of the stuff we have been seeing and a lot of the stuff that's come out have been not like everything's super fluffy but i do think it like fits into the mainstream of what we're used to seeing in film Mm -hmm. what we're used to seeing in in netflix and that type of thing so to see something really kind of out there mm-hmm. you're right maybe people are drawn towards it simply because hey i haven't seen anything like this in a while this is my first real time to flex that kind of part of the brain you know mm-hmm. in a bit of a different way and those who want to kind of sit there and dissect it and, and go through it then yeah i mean i think it makes sense yeah um, but yeah 
agree. There you go. That there, there's our thoughts on on the movie. Um, thank you, Nicole, for for sticking around. I, I wish Taylor had survived the final ten minutes, but Taylor keeps popping in and out, and you know that's that's fine. I just don't know how much of the recording we're getting of her in these last ten minutes. But uh, thank you for for coming, Nicole. It was really oh great thank to have you. you on the show. Are you guys done recording? <laughs> we're wrapping up right now, Taylor. We're, we're wrapping up at this exact moment. Yeah, trying to just wrap this episode up. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. This is hilarious. Let's just wrap this up. So thank thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, I'm like a ghost (laughs) just popping in and out. Taylor the ghost will uh, will hopefully hear hear back from Taylor soon. Uh, (laughs) We need your sign off, Taylor. This is appropriate for Halloween. Yeah, Taylor, I'm going to do your sign off because I'm not 100% sure we're getting any of this. Um, So thank you. Thank you, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> just gone again. Thank you, everybody. We barely made it through this episode, but hopefully we got enough of it. So thank you for, for tuning in. And, and next week, Taylor and I will be back for, for a lot more. So uh, go stream some movies. I can hear you now, but it's still kind of robotic-y. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.